Welcome back, guys. I am so excited for today's episode. We have David Weintraub. He's a former William Morris Agency and United Talent Agency trained talent agent who turned his career into being one of the top manager, producer, creators in the business. He's the mastermind behind some of the biggest talent deals in the pop culture scene, and he's produced an impressive number of TV shows while representing countless celebrities. Weintraub is the mastermind behind some of the biggest talent deals in the pop culture scene, and he's produced an impressive number of TV shows while representing countless celebrities. We will get into all the details of who he's represented, um, but now it's your chance to find out how to be a star yourself. He's sharing his insider knowledge through an exclusive masterclass that will show you exactly how to achieve fame and go viral. It's called the Hollywood Handbook. He's here to talk all about it. And something really exciting also is that I know, I've known David forever because he was my manager at one time and got me one of the biggest deals uh, in reality TV. So he's going to take all of his expertise and we are going to have a conversation about what you can do to break into the business. Sit back and enjoy this episode with David Weintraub. Thanks for joining me, David. It's been so long. I'm so happy to see you. It has been a long time. You don't How age. You? you look the same that I remember you. You know, what, what has it been now? Let's see. 10 years? 14 years? Um, 2009. Each other? Mm -hmm. 2009. Yeah, I think we met in 2009. Okay. We uh, we did a lot of uh, fun, real crazy business in 2010. Yeah. That was a... Uh, that was an interesting year. So actually, and, let's tell uh, people how we know each other, because that's, to me, the most interesting story. Um, I had been in a little scandal, and I was, you know, someone who was on front page news, but I really had become like a recluse. I kind of disappeared for a little bit. And um, so she says. Yeah, well, and so, but I got a phone call from you. How did we meet? Was it through Michael Lohan? I'm trying to remember how we met. Well, Lindsay Lohan called me and said her dad was going to call me about something he wanted to do with oh, you. I don't know if and I knew that. that. Yes. So Lindsay and then Michael, and then here we are. Right. Um, so he called me and he's like, I know this girl. She get a lot of bad press. She's a good person. Um, I know you're good with, you know, crisis management and like taking people that are in unique PR situations and then getting them into like mainstream work. Right. And I said, you know, dependingly, cause we had, we had kind of done a lot of that with his daughter at that time. Mm. So he felt like you were right for that. And uh, we met and you and I kind of became fast friends. I remember because the first conversation that we had after the intro, I think we talked for like two hours yeah. on the phone and it was, um, you know, I, I definitely saw a completely different side of who you were besides what you were being sort of painted in the media. And I was like, you know what, we could, we could figure something out. There's gotta be something that we could do. And, and I don't know how I became like, you know, the crisis management, <laughs> uh, manager, producer person, but, um, obviously, well, that, that fall, and I'll tell you a little bit about that later, because a lot of people after 
working with you and representing you came to me that were in similar situations. Well, it is interesting because, you know, my life completely changed on Thanksgiving of 20, uh, 2009, I guess. And, mm-hmm. um, I became a complete recluse. I lost all family, all friends. Nobody wanted to be associated with me. I was this top story in all television, you know, anything media related, I was the top story. We didn't have social media like we had back then. So it was just basically what the media was narrating and then what the public consumption of that was and how everyone was dying for information on who was I. um, You sold a lot of magazine. Yeah. Oh, magazine. Magazine business made a lot of money off of you. Yeah. And there was like radar online, I guess. Obviously there was TMZ because Harvey Levin was one of the first people that actually called me in my house the next night after Thanksgiving. But the way I remember getting introduced to you is that a lot of people started sliding into, you know, I guess it was Facebook at the time. I can't even remember or getting my number somehow. And Michael Lohan was one of them. I did not know him. I became friends with him, but I had to trust new people. I didn't have anyone in my corner and you became one of the people that I trusted. And I didn't know, um, who to trust, why to trust them, but I did trust you. And you were like, listen, we have to change the narrative in some way, or at least capitalize on this. So you're not sitting in your bedroom, like just wanting to commit suicide because I was a real person. I was really going through it. But at the same time, you're like, we have to jump on this. Remember? And you got me, the first thing you brought to me was the apprentice with Donald Trump. We, I had, you were like, Donald Trump's going to call you tomorrow morning, answer, make sure you know what you're saying, how you're going to reply. You like coached me. I think we, I think we kind of rehearsed it too, because, Mm -hmm. you know, at that time, Apprentice was a number one NBC show everywhere. And it was kind of like, they were really willing to take a very crazy shot because Mm -hmm. they knew what kind of attention it would bring to the show. Yeah, And they, they were very obsessed with you, you know. Trump, Cohen, Eden, like the whole main upper echelon, all the people running the network, everybody was supporting, you know, catapulting you as a television star. And when I started to get into that, I was like, okay, well, there could be a business here. Yeah. And then we really got, I mean, I really wanted to do that. We got really into it. I wanted to use the Red Cross as my um, charity. They had never, oddly enough, they never had the Red Cross as a charity. The Red Cross was good to me after September 11th when I lost my fiance. So I had a real connection with them. And um, I really wanted to do that show because I wanted to show people who I was. And if they chose not to like me based on who they saw on television from me representing myself, I was totally okay with that. But I wasn't okay at the time with people just making an assumption from what the media was going to narrate. So you really helped me like steer that. And then you got another offer from something that you brought to me and you said, well, wait a minute, I have an offer from celebrity rehab. And I was like, David, I'm not an addict because I wasn't, as you know, and can attest. And they brought to us this topic of love addiction, which I then learned is a real thing. Um, But I hesitated over and over on that one little, one little step, because like, there's about 15 things that happen in between that moment and that moment. And I I mean, if you, you, if we really, I mean, do we want to really get in to the weeds here? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Like, I feel like, I feel like enough time has passed. So, you know, Celebrity Rehab is a show that I was heavily involved with as a, you know, a producer, a co-developer, someone who packaged all the talent, made every episode. Um, and really was kind of one of my first number one hits. I mean, we who did you get on that show? 
besides me. Everybody. Everybody. Well, it's not so much what we got on the show. It's what we did as producers, casting, and development for the show. So like Dr. Drew, John Irwin, myself, Damian Sullivan, we all kind of made this show happen Mm -hmm. and produced the show. And I supplied all the talent. Someone had to deal with the network. Someone had to deal with Drew. Someone had to deal with doing the physical. And I had everybody that could do it. So out of the 90 people that did the show over 10 seasons, I supplied probably like 75 of the people in the show. So I had to wear a couple of different hats as a, you know, producer and as a manager for a lot of people. And I was in a position where, um, they knew that you and I had started to work together. VH1 did. And um, we, the show was cooking. I think it was season five. We already had three spinoffs and they were like, I was kind of playing the, we're doing something with NBC and Donald Trump. So it's not going to happen. So from the jump, they knew that if the numbers didn't get to a certain level, there was going to be no deal, no shot, no anything. And they put their best foot forward. I'm talking to start. It was six figure offers, Mm -hmm. For mind you, this was only a 20-day shoot in L.A., Mm -hmm. but it was crazy subject matter. Now, both networks at that time, different than today, wanted exclusivity. So NBC would have had you exclusive for a period of time. VH1 would have had you for a period of time. So it came down to what is the right money? What is the right look? What is the right message? How are we going to be able to control the narrative? And we really played everybody against each other to get the best deal, which was a seven figure, almost seven figure deal, the highest paid person ever in the history of the show. But you and I had to be on the same page about the narrative because of my involvement with the show on the producing and packaging side, as well as representing you. And that is where it got very, very tricky because that's a show that is a self-help show where you have a doctor who is a doctor, but is also a TV star. So there's a very fine line between being a doctor and a television star. And that fine line got broken a lot of times in the many episodes that we did. And the other thing I would say is, I mean, listen, we, we, we scheme that. That was a complete <laughs> fabricated scheme. Because I wasn't an addict and I was- You were not an room. addict. Yeah. You were not an addict. You, you, you drank a little bit. I think. No, I took Ambien. Was Ambien? I remember like the Ambien. Yeah, it was so, like a prescription so pill he, thing, but I wasn't really. He took all the shit that was on the floor and crafted this story yeah. that was really pretty crazy. But I do want to put into perspective for people. I was someone who was not famous. All of a sudden, I became the most famous person at the time, sort of on the planet, being spoken about. And it was crazy for me and lonely. And I had no idea what to do. And for me, in my mind, fixing the narrative was the biggest thing on my mind. And getting a friend who could help me with that narrative was really important. But I remember when you brought me Celebrity Rehab, I was like, I'm not an addict. I'm not doing the show with a bunch of addicts because that's not like how I want to be perceived. But we, you and I had a a meeting. You did like money. I, I, I did like money. money. Who doesn't? I came with bags. I came with the big, 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 stupid bags that nobody had. Yeah. And we had a good bag from NBC, but it was not going to be that level. Right. And you had to do, you had to make a decision of yeah. like, right. I'm going to, I'm going to take this opportunity and we're going to do that. But I will um, say, because it has to do with something about how we had a falling out. We had uh, drinks, or not drinks, but we had a meeting with Dr. Drew the night before 
it started to air. And I was like, no, I was telling the story. Am I wrong? You're already telling the story. Yeah, you are. Oh, tell me You're what right. happened. I, I thought it was the I, night before. I, I, pulled, I, pulled, I pulled the receipts last night. Okay. Oh God. Tell me. Okay. I love this. Okay. See this board now. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> so, um, we did something fucking really gnarly, really, really gnarly. Okay. Okay. So Donald Trump, originally we put you together with Donald to talk about the show. And he said, I want you in the show. I'm going to tell NBC to put you in the show. Blah, 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 blah. Deal with Michael Cohen. Deal with Eden Gaha, who is the executive producer of the show. Mm-hmm. And let's get it done. At the same time, we were negotiating and talking about it and trying to get a contract done, which we had a full contract NBC universal offer. And we're, you know, getting ready. And, um, VH1 was watching us, you know, from afar of what we were doing. Cause we were starting to be seen and people were talking about you and I working together. And my partners knew that we were working together. And they said like, we, we want her. We'll, we will do anything to get her. We need her. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, if you need her, you're going to need fucking seven figures. Um, and, uh, that was going on. So we 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 had a meeting at the Lermitage Hotel. Okay. That we did a double meeting. Okay. And I'm gonna really go wild with you. And I said to you, because of the level of controversy that we were dealing with at that point, that we had to be protected with content, um, photos, video, everything. And we had a very dear friend photo specialist who works in licensing, oh my God. Uh, who built a book. If you remember, he had I a do book remember. That, oh my God. that had yeah. a camera in it. And um, we had to place them like close by to get the content so that we would, it would never be, anything would ever be said differently about what happened. So we had, we, we did a double meeting. We had a meeting with the executive producer of the Celebrity Apprentice, Eden, who was Trump and Michael's, you know, their guy. And then we had Drew come in right as Eden was leaving so that they would see that we were really in business with NBC and ready and that they had to get to a certain level on that show. Wow. I don't even remember this part because you were orchestrating this and I was just like, well, I mean, I, I just I knew that I had to protect everything and that everything had to be transparent. I know that doesn't sound like it's transparent, but yeah. it, it had to be because there was you know, there was so much going on yeah. and like, we couldn't, we, we had to make sure our deals would make, we had to make sure that nobody thought that we were doing something against what one network wanted us to do. Mm-hmm. So it was really a record keeping thing. Um, and when you're dealing with like a crisis management kind of talent, which you were and the infamacy of what you, you were dealing with, I had to make sure everything was, was, was settled. Granted, those that all that content did come out, um, and it was. I, I do you remember that there was like a lot of stuff about people were always like, oh, "Rachel has a crush on Doctor." Yes, do I remember, remember that like because of, it like, came out when depressed. I was in the rehab, and I was so upset, and I I felt like this is such a like people don't get it because I, I really was there. I needed the help. I was such a recluse. I was so upset, but I was not dealing with the stuff that had to do with Tiger. I was really dealing with like things in my past, losing my dad from a drug overdose, and yeah. losing my fiance from September 11th. Those were things I really was there to deal with, and then I was kind of mm-hmm. keeping the house together. I don't, I mean, yeah. I don't know if you ended, did you end up ever watching the season? Cause I know you well, were mad yeah, at me. <laughs> we, we cut the show. I was involved in everything. Okay. Did. Well, but yeah. I but, took it but, seriously. And then I saw, I would see these too, things. You like, took it too seriously. And that, that's, 
that's where you and I had a fall. I had to, I had to, I had to fire you. Yeah. Um, I couldn't work with you after that. Um, but, but let's remember, said, I was just said, a normal said, person. I know, but, 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 but you were normal enough to understand that we had a plan Yes, and that I got you the biggest bag that you, I mean, besides your other bag that you got, but I got you the biggest <laughs> bag that you ever got ever in your fucking life. And, um, you, we had a plan and then you deviated from that plan. And, and the problem with that was that I couldn't trust you anymore Yeah, because you, I, we, like my clients and I, I have clients that I still represent like Ray J and too short mm -hmm. people that have been with me for almost 20 years. Okay. And we've orchestrated everything. Right. They were there then, yeah. you know what I mean? And I was like, I, I just can't be involved in this shit. If this, because what kind of happened was, is you knew that my role as a producer and you knew my role as a manager and I get to get paid as a manager. You get to get paid on both sides, yeah. no matter what, how the business operates. There's no, that's how it works. And, uh, you did some funny business with the money, <laughs> you know, where you tried to hold up payments for a very long time while you were in there drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. And I was like, listen, you're in this fictitious world where you all of a sudden, like the first time you're doing a television show and especially a television show at that time, of that magnitude, it was like, you, you don't know how famous you're going to become. You don't know what the outcome of the show is going to be. And you sort of become this family with the people in there totally. and you're not talking to the rest of the world. Yeah. And, and, it, it just became very shocking. Luckily, our we had a very good mutual attorney that was involved, who's a very big time attorney now, as you know, yeah. Josh. Yeah, Binder. he's the, and, amazing. Um, and we and we were able to, you know, settle everything. But it just, I, I felt very burnt by you for a very, very, very long time. I was very upset with you because also the month before we did all these deals as they were coming together, as you got, as we were figuring it out too short. And I came to the Hamptons mm -hmm. for, for the July and we all hung out yeah. and I took you to a big event that we, that, that I was throwing. And, um, I felt like we, I felt like we had a good like understanding of like how I operated, how you operated. Yeah. And I just felt really like, just, I was like, how could the, everything that people said about you, I was like, well, Okay, now I see it. Yeah. You know, and I, I feel bad. Listen, it's taken us a long time to get here. And I yeah. think that we have to be real about things that have happened because business goes both ways. There is a upside and a downside to businesses, you know? Mm -hmm. And and part of what I'm here to talk about with my, you know, with the Hollywood handbook yeah. and my new uh virtual training program is, you know, about the business. Yeah. And, and this is one side of it that you got, you always have to have great contracts. You always have to have great attorneys. But I think that's important, especially the fact that you're getting into this Hollywood handbook thing. I was an example of somebody who was like, not an everyday person. I mean, I had a, a big job in the nightlife industry where I was involved with a lot of celebrities. So people knew me before this happened, but not on an international level. And then I started to work with you and you started to give me opportunities and help me understand that there was a brand involved. I think what I got caught up at the moment with is that, you know, I was still dealing with my emotional reaction to being that famous yeah. that quickly, how much I, you know, how I felt so alone. And so I was, I was looking for people to trust. And when I went into that house of celebrity rehab, I took it so seriously. They became my family, people I trusted. And it wasn't that I was trying to, um, you know, do anything to 
hurt you or make you think I was a bad person. Cause I really wasn't. It was just that I didn't know, you know, I didn't know how cunning you have to be in that business also, you know, now I know. And uh, at the time we, we were cunning and we got into it and we were a great team, but like at the same time I was dealing with a lot of emotional issues of how to get through it because becoming famous like that is not easy. And and can take a, a major toll on somebody's mental health. And I think I just it came so quickly and I really regretted how we ended our relationship back then, which is obviously why in the past I've got back in touch with you and tried to work it out with you because, um, you know, I was just going through a lot and it wasn't that I was trying to do anything well, wrong I, with I, you. I think that that's a very tough show to do for 21 days. Any show that you have to move out of your life and go and be in that show and live in the show for 24 hours a day, mm-hmm. even though it was only a 21 day shoot, that was a difficult one. It wasn't like you were living at the four seasons or you were like in a rehab. You're like, you're at your task. They, they want to push your buttons. Yeah. You know, people, people are doing weird shit. A lot of funny, weird stuff happens in that show. So it's not your prototypical like celebrity show like that's why when we made the show people never believed that we would ever be able to make it and then for it to be a number one hit and go on and make hundreds of episodes international licenses and be like you know be one of my first number one hits that was a big big deal um what i will say is that you have to always stay the course Mm -hmm. and in business i think you had to have learned that because there was a lot of things that we could have done post that show that we never did get an opportunity to do. And I know like, you know, look, you always wanted to be on the housewives. You always wanted to be in some of these other bigger branded, you know, content. And, you know, I, I have put, I've made a lot of housewives. I represent a lot of housewives. Mm-hmm. I've made that come true for a lot of people. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we, we learned, we learned a tough lesson, but let's not talk about 2010. Yeah. You know what I mean? 2010 is a long time ago. Um, we've obviously talked a lot of this through and I've always been straight up with you about how I feel. And I've always kind of told you where I thought that you were in the world, uh, as far as like value for celebrity opportunities, because there was a lot of narratives that we had to change. I think what you're doing now with this show has really been helpful. And I told you when you called me about it originally, I said, I said, get to X and then I'll come and I'll bring Y. Yeah. And you got to X and I immediately gave you Y. You You wanted people, you wanted, you know, and I, and so it is a timing thing, Yeah, you know? And that's important for a lot of people to remember. So before getting into like who you represent and all this stuff and who you are as a person, I actually want to get into what you are doing now because it can take someone that is involved in some sort of a scandal or not even just people that have a brand and they want to blow up. So you now are forming a company where you are almost doing a master class on how to become noteworthy, how to become famous. Tell everybody about that because I think that is so important Uh, and so interesting. you, You have a couple of the points of it, but for yeah, it's we're, it's not a masterclass. It's a virtual training program. Okay. It's called the Hollywood Handbook, and the Hollywood Handbook is basically a a, a wrap up of my twenty five years of experience in the entertainment business as a A and R at Death Row Records and Interscope Records and for Eminem, uh, being an agent at William Morris and UTA, becoming a manager and executive producer and creating and producing over 2,000 hours of television um, and also starring in my own shows like Sons of Hollywood and Hollywood Hillbillies. Um, 
And it's basically taking that that I've learned, that I've mastered, and giving you all of the points of what you want to do if you want to create a TV show, if you want to get a record deal, if you want to get press for your whatever your talent is, if you want to do brand integration into your content, you want to become a social media influencer, you want to become an OnlyFans star, Mm -hmm. you want to become a YouTube sensation, I am teaching you the tricks to the trade and you have access to learn directly from me and then you have access to actually be with me pitch me get advice from me and i will be doing one-on-ones to straight advise you on how to execute whatever it is that you want to do i've been developing the hollywood handbook for the last three years and um, i partnered with uh, lightspeed bt and bradley and bradley is an incredible influencer, podcaster. He owns the technology behind Lightspeed VT. And uh, we're launching the Hollywood Handbook. And, you know, we want to give people a guidebook of what the entertainment how-to is. Because it's really basic now. I mean, honestly, in your phone, you have a complete movie recording, social media, photo, studio, right here, in your hands. You can blast off to the world all your content, all your social media, all your press, all your marketing, it can all be done right here. Green Chef, kickstart your clean eating routine with 80 plus weekly options featuring nutritionist approved and foodie approved recipes. Choose from six preferences, including new calorie smart and plant-based options, plus quick and easy, Mediterranean, protein-packed, and gluten-free. Eat clean the easy way with recipes that help manage your weight and support your wellness goals without skimping on flavor. Get ahead of the busy season with their convenient step-by-step recipes, including dinners ready in 25 minutes or less, 10-minute lunches, grab-and-go lunches, and green bundles featuring clean snacks and functional beverages. Plus, cut down on meal prep with pre-proportioned and prepped ingredients, including pre-measured sauces, spices, and dressings delivered right to your door. Now, let me tell you guys my personal experience with Green Chef. I happen to be a horrible cook. And... In every box I've received so far, I have been so excited to try this. The cook time is between 20 and 30 minutes. The calories seem to be anywhere from 600 to 850. Today, I made my daughter Wyatt, her friend Olivia, spicy beef and broccoli noodle rolls, and they wanted more. It was so good. I felt so good about making this and having leftovers for them that they were going to be excited to eat. Also, the cheesy artichoke Chicken sandwiches were delicious, and the sesame strip noodle bowls are literally my favorite. I'm going to reorder this over and over. So go to greenchef.com slash understood50 and use code understood50 to get 50% off plus free shipping. You guys, I'm telling you, this is such a good deal. You're going to love it. Just try it, and you will not go back. Again, go to greenchef.com slash understood50 and use code understood50 to get 50% off plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. This blew my mind when I found out, but did you know that over 80% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about? Seriously, think of how many free trials you subscribe to that you've probably never canceled. That's why I'm such a big fan of Rocket Money. So for me, I signed up. It took less than three minutes. I put my information in and outspouted all this stuff that I had no idea about. I had no idea that in the course of a year, I actually, and you guys, this is a true story, spent over $6,000 on subscriptions. It gave me a full list. It told me all the things that I was spending it on. And I 
could tell from there what I wanted to get rid of, what I didn't know existed. And then the cool thing is they help you cancel these subscriptions. Not only that, I could see how much I was spending in different categories, health and wellness, uh, food and beverages. I was surprised to see how much my daughter, Wyatt Lily, was spending at Starbucks every month. It's a huge amount. So I'm going to be having a conversation with her about that. With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the subscriptions you don't want with just the press of a button. No more long hold times or annoying emails with customer service. Rocket Money does all the work for you. And I can tell you, I've personally done this myself. It was super easy and I'm already saving money. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash understood. That's rocketmoney.com slash understood rocketmoney.com slash understood. Yeah. So I'm taking all of my expertise and putting it in the Hollywood handbook and showing you how to become the next mega reality star, influencer, rapper, rock star, celebrity chef, celebrity host, whatever, whatever it may be. Celebrity Let's nail designer. It could be something as small as that <laughs> and you can blow you up. Can, anything, anything. If you have talent, and you're filming it, and you want to showcase it, and you want to blow up, I'm going to show you what we did with Ray J and Scott Disick and, and all of the crazy stars that we represented, all the rappers, all the influencers. We're going to teach you exactly what we deal with with those people mm-hmm. so that you can follow the guidebook. And if you follow it and you actually have the right content, and you do it in the way that this could work, you can make it all the way to the top. So people can do this on their own time um, because it's it's something that you've um, filmed, right? It's something you've taped and they can they can do the classes. It's an interactive, and- it's an interactive online course, which, okay. which also has programs where you can also pitch us, mm-hmm. have meetings with us, get advisement with us, group calls. And can so people hire the- you to then go even further and either have you represent them or pitch different ideas that Possibly. you really like? I mean, I think that we're going to have a lot of incoming opportunities mm-hmm. and a lot of outgoing opportunities. So I am definitely looking for talent. Like I am definitely looking for ideas and, and people that want to go to the next level. I'm, I'm very picky now because yeah. the business has changed so much and the buyers really need you to come in with the package that the stuff that I'm doing, I really have to be extremely passionate about. So I would say 1% of the people that want to do it will take very seriously, but I'm here to teach, help advise. And I want you to learn from my experience. Maybe you'll do some interactive sweepstakes or whatever they call it, where the best, um, th- you know, the best opportunity that you're presented with, you will take them on and represent them or, you know, that yeah. way people well, can I, so, so pitch you. It's, it's interesting that you say that because, so I taught two semesters at USC in the film school. Oh, wow. Um, we had a, we had a program. I went to USC. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a program uh, where it was called from pitch to pilot. And from pitch to pilot is actually a segment in the Hollywood handbook. And basically a lot of people that were coming out of the film school, they were, that want to be directors. They were getting jobs working on my reality shows. Mm. So we were hiring them to be editors. So the film school wanted to have a program where people could learn everything you need to know in the reality business simply. And that's what from pitch to pilot was. And out of each, you know, 30 students that were in the class, everybody had to do their own pilot in each of the semesters. We took one of the shows and we took it to market 
One of the shows we actually sold to pilot didn't get picked up to series, but uh, it was to really demonstrate every step along the way. We had great speakers like, you know, all the heads of networks and all the heads of these big production companies. And uh, we taught these kids a lot. It seems like everyone in Hollywood or anywhere really has an idea for something. What do you think really sets apart an idea that takes it to that next level? Well, I I like to think that a lot of ideas are what we call OMP. OMP is of most pitched. Okay. So people are like, I got this, I got that. I've heard pretty much like every idea under the sun Mm -hmm. in the non-scripted pop culture space. Okay. The question becomes the talent that's involved, the personalities that's involved, and how do you build a vehicle around them that you can take to market and that the market will react to and the market will want to catapult. So ideas are many and a lot that you can find. It's the people who star in those shows. Mm -hmm. For me, I love big, loud personalities. I love family businesses. I love um, B B celebrities that want to reinvent and go to be A-list again. Mm -hmm. I love people like that that want to get into reinventing themselves because there is a market for that. The streamers want it. Obviously, listen, if Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez want to do a reality show and I was privileged to partner with them to go do that show, that's a big hit from the jump. But a lot of the people that want to get into the non-scripted business are looking for a resurgence in their careers and trying to get back out there and it can happen and it can explode. And obviously like, listen, you know, one of the first clients that we ever had, you know, we worked with the Osbournes and, those guys, that was a perfect example of doing that. And then they opened up the doors for everybody else, yeah. including the Kardashians. I, I think what people don't realize is the people that stay in the business for the longest amount of time are people that really take on this chameleon role of like constantly reinventing themselves, the brand. There's some sort of scandal that goes on and then they they do what they need to do to get out of it and then move up and move forward. The Kardashians have been a, a major contributor to that whole chameleon, um, you know, mindset because they're constantly reinventing themselves. And I think some, a lot of people pigeonhole themselves to think like, this is what I'm good at. This is my brand. And then they don't think about how they can explore that or take it to the next level. So I I think that is a really big part of it. What about so many people are obsessed with Bravo and the housewives. What do you think makes a good housewife? Like the New York housewives are are all new cast, you know, how are they picking their cast? Do you think? And why do people fall in love with certain shows and not others? Um, Bravo has been an incredible partner and brand with my company. And Mm -hmm. we've represented lots of housewives from Orange County, New Jersey, Beverly Hills, uh, New York, uh, no one on Atlanta, Washington, D.C., Dallas. We've got a lot of different people in that sphere. Mm -hmm. Um, The thing is, the process is cutthroat. I mean, it's the most cutthroat thing in the world because they really vet you, mm-hmm. you know, they make straight offers to big names that will never do the show. And right. those people that will never do the show, they do that just because it's like, we're taking a shot in the dark and they'll call me about people that I'm like, you're completely unrealistic that this person would ever do this show. Now it's not because it's a bad show. It's just because they're big enough to have their own show. So there's a wide range of how you pick the talent Mm -hmm. and everybody 
is involved. You and I have talked about this. You've obviously been through a little bit of the process. We've spoken in depth with Bravo, with Andy, with um, the production companies about you. Mm -hmm. And um, there has been times that there's been like an openness to you being in the show. And then for whatever reason, you know, it's the politics of the game Mm -hmm. and it's really cutthroat. I mean, it's, it's, it's really crazy, but if you can do it, you can be a huge star. Yeah. Now I will say on the other side of it, because the biggest mega shows in the game right now, obviously like the selling sunsets and the bling empires and the 90 day fiances. I mean, the still the staples are going to be like Kardashians, housewives, love and hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the brands. Like yeah. those are the biggest brands. Those are the ones that make the most money. Um, we are heavily involved in those shows. Obviously, you know, Ray J who has been with me for 20 years is my, you know, I manage him and he's, uh, I'm his producing partner. You know, he's the highest paid guy in all of love and hip hop. So that's, that's so part. interesting to me because he's, I mean, he is a household name, but not really. I mean, I feel like, you know, Nick Cannon maybe is up for the same roles that he might be up for, but I don't know. I just feel like Ray J kind of stays under the radar yet. He's everywhere. Well, like, you're, you're, I mean, we're, we're under the radar, you know, we have <laughs> we have a show on we have five shows on five different networks right now. So yeah. you might not be watching them, but like our audience is watching them. Yeah, which so, is great. I mean, that's amazing that he's yeah. getting all these roles. You know, that and, and that and that's a long time coming as a host, as a as an actor, as a you know, uh real you know, reality podcast. Like he's got a lot of different jobs and all of these jobs you know, feed the machine for what the end goal is, which is to sell products. Mm -hmm. Right. So do you think that, so what was he doing when that sex tape came out? Was he like somebody big and famous and doing TV before then, or that catapulted him into doing all this stuff? Well, his sister is Brandy. He's sold billions of records Mm -hmm. and he was on television and um, Kim, you know, was Kim and Kim worked for Brandy. And that was Ray's girlfriend. Right. So, So, but I mean, obviously. That was a very calculated, you know, as we calculated your play, Mm -hmm. that was extremely calculated between Ray and Kim and Chris and all of the things that they wanted to achieve. Right. Which obviously they did because there have been other things that have backfired for people. I mean, tell people the difference uh, between, you know, Pamela Anderson's sex tape that she feels like, derailed her and pigeonholed her into being this, you know, uh, in, in a very sexual way that she could never move beyond that. Whereas somebody like Kim has become an A-list star and Ray J, who is obviously on five different shows. Like what happened there that's different, do you think? Um, well, I mean, it was timing, you know, the sex tape business, nobody had an understanding of how to use it as a marketing tool okay. until Paris did. And until Kim and Ray did. Now, Paris, you know, was the trial. And then Kim and Ray were the experts. Mm. And the expertise that came from that created a $250 plus million tape that everybody made money off of that also created huge industries for their families and their celebrity and everything. So you had to know how to monetize it. And, and it's it's, I mean, Chris knew it. Chris knew where it was going. And, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of people that helped 
put the whole thing together. Right. And there's documentaries being made about it right now. And, you know, monetizing a scandal is probably the best thing you can learn from because a lot of people yeah. don't. And then what I see nowadays is so many people trying to create a scandal to get some money. Mm-hmm. And I think that backfires too, because it has to be, there has to be some sort of reality a to it. Is a very- it's a very dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. You can destroy your life, your family, yeah. your children. It is a really dangerous thing to do. And you have to be very careful. Um, uh, you know, the the crisis management talent, and, and I've worked with a number of them, you know, like people that came that were in trouble in the media, like Farrah Abraham and Courtney Stodden mm-hmm. and uh, Sarah Palin and Levi Johnston and, um, you know, they, there is a, a media play that like is very dangerous and yeah. you have to understand that it can actually just completely ruin your life. Out. Yeah. 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 So, you know, there is a fine line. Right. So, all right. Talk to me about some of the other guys that you represent. Obviously we talked about too short. What, uh, she, he's remained in the news since I've known you. So is he mm-hmm. going back on tour? Talk to me about him. Yeah, we have a tour starting uh, on Saturday with Snoop Dogg, uh, oh, wow. 70 dates over the summer, all arenas, Wiz Khalifa, Too Short, Warren G, Burner, uh, DJ Drama, all arenas all across the country, uh, big dollars, you know, having wow. a great, it's going to be great. Yeah. Go check it out. You're going to have a, have a wonderful time. And then, you know, obviously we have the Mount Westmore group mm-hmm. and um, with Ice Cube, Snoop, E-40. Uh, which had a big year. We were on tour all last year. Big album came out. And then Too Short and I are executive producing a movie called Freaky Tales, which is uh, directed and written by uh, Fleck and Bowden, um, who were the writers and directors of Captain Marvel. Oh, wow. um, the highest grossing uh, Marvel movie of all time. And uh, this movie is kind of like a, uh, a movie based loosely on 1980s, folklore of Oakland that's based around two shorts music. And it's really crazy. Pedro Pascal is in it. Um, uh, Ben Mendelsohn, mm. uh, Angus cloud. Um, you know, it's it, it, Tom Hanks. It's, wow. it's going to be, it's gonna when be really does that interesting drop? when it, uh, well, we, the movie is just being finished now and, uh, all of it, it was financed by E1. Okay. Um, so it, 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 it will be out theatrically, next year, but I can't reveal any of the details about okay. that just yet, but Freaky Tales is coming. Right. Um, so getting back to a question about the Hollywood handbook for a second, a lot of people that have become famous right now, it's not household names. I mean, there are people that are influencers that have 2 million, 5 million, 7 million followers who, if I asked anyone- But, but, but you said household name to who? Household name to you? Well, that's what I'm going to get to. Yeah. I mean, household names to maybe not the general public, but like Gen Z, um, like, you know, millennial people. It's a totally different, you know, you might ask my daughter, she'll know everyone you you talk about. She would know who Tana is, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I, I don't know them. And I'm trying to figure out how they got this many followers, why so many people are obsessed with them. Um, because it's interesting to me because they have so many deals, they have so much money and that's who people are really putting their money in, in terms of um, supporting and backing, as opposed to someone who may have quote unquote real talent, who's got, you know, studied forever to be an actor or a singer. And all of a sudden somebody become, can become famous in their bedroom um, representing, you know, just getting ready in the morning or representing a, a music brand or yeah. a, or a, you know, skincare line. So talk to me about influencers and how important they are in, in today's culture. 
Well, influencers are the next evolution of pop culture stars, which I would say are the reality stars, which were people that like, you know, were famous for being famous or famous for being on an interesting show and turning that into a business. But now you, like I said, you have everything in your phone and your Mm -hmm. computer. So you can sit in your bedroom and create a YouTube channel. And if your content is funny, interesting, unique over the top, you can turn that into a business and our expertise with the Hollywood handbook and my experience representing some of the biggest influencers in the world is taking how we deal with those businesses, how we create influencers, sign influencers, get them deals, get them brand integration and they catapult them to the next level. Um, But you also have to remember that there is this whole thing of how they started and how they started is literally shooting and talking to their camera, talking straight into the camera and doing something and learning how to edit it and tag it and, you know, get your content out there to the public so that you can go viral. And going viral time after time after time created this new industry where brands wanted to be a part of understanding your analytic, your likes, your comments, your numbers, and then bring you deals to integrate into the content itself and then get paid. And then you have this whole other industry of getting paid to post. Mm. You know, you're basically like you have brands that want you to have, you know, here's Mountain Valley water. You know, give me a bag. Like right. it's, 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 it can happen organically. You may think it's natural. You may think it's like, it could look contrived, but like, there's so many ways that you can take brand integration and take influencers and marry them together. And the money is out of control because everything is based on an analytic. So your analytic is so important because it literally constitutes to what a buyer or a brand will pay you to do something based on your numbers, based on how many followers you have, your engagement, likes, comments, all that stuff. And there is a formula. But how many, how many people are, uh, how many of these people are wannabes that are like paying for followers? Because I know that's a big business. People have drop shit in my DM well, all the well, time. Real brands know if the, if the followers are fake and the engagement is fake. And if the bots are fake, I mean, okay. you can look at the followers and understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's not hard to figure it out. People that like, you know, have 5 million followers and only have 25 comments. Like it's fake. Yeah. You bought them. It's not real. Like if you had 5 million followers, you would probably have an average of like 600 comments. Right. Okay. You probably have, you know, 30,000 likes. There's a formula. There's an analytic breakdown. It's a mathematics numbers game. And once you understand the numbers game, which we do in the Hollywood handbook, will teach you about the numbers game and how to monetize it. Then you can actually take your platform, your social media, your content, your talent and exploit it. Right. But you got to learn it. You got to understand that. And that's the biggest thing that you said, though. You have to have some sort of a talent. You have to have some sort of personality. Like, I mean, there are people that are amazing TikTok stars, but Addison Rae and Charlie D'Amelio stood out for a while back then, you know, a couple of years ago during pandemic or whatever. My daughters were, my daughter was obsessed with the both of them. And then they got a show, right? I mean, Addison Rae became the lead in a movie and and Charlie got her own reality show. Now, I don't know how well those did because I don't know if they can translate their personality into something bigger than that. And I think Charlie had a little bit of a breakdown on her show because she couldn't handle it. So it, People are really good at some things and not good at others. And it's taking that diamond in a rough to make them famous, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you're good Um, at finding that talent. There's, 
there's many of those out there. Those are two, you know, examples that have really crossed over into obviously the news that you read, which is like us weekly and TMZ and page six, yeah. cause they're talking about there, but there is a whole other world of value there. Like I do a lot of deals with Amazon and Amazon has a huge budget to pay influencers to market movies, TV shows and in-house products and stuff that they're pushing. And the budgets are crazy and they'll go after very unique niche markets of influencers and, in, you know, various beauty and wellness spaces and yoga and sports and as well as the big loud ones like, you know, the Trisha Paytas's of the world and the, you know, and the and the Tana's of the world. So th- there is a, a wide variety of that. You know, Tana's a great example because Tana Tana is a kid who grew up of the YouTube generation of literally making crazy videos in her room on a computer and literally fine tune that from the time she was 15 to now being in her young 20s and making millions of dollars. But how did she even start? Like, how did she even know to do that? Making crazy, funny, weird videos, doing weird shit in (laughs) her bedroom in Las Vegas. And people just kept following her and following her and she started to get... People uh, were following her. People wanted to learn about her. She was in her room making content and, you know... she mastered at you have listen to do it from the jump organically. You have to be an editor. You have to be yes. a director. You have to be a lighting expert. You have to know how to do your makeup. You have to be your own stylist. You have to have a point of view. Your point of view is the most important thing that you have as an influencer. You have to be able to be like, I am different and my tone is different. What I'm doing is different. My house is different. My experience is different. My life view is different. And, and not be influenced by what other people want to see. I think what makes Tana interesting is that she just follows what she thinks is important and she wants to talk about and she doesn't deviate based on what she thinks people want to hear being an original you know content creator yeah you're setting trends there's a lot of people doing that Mm -hmm. uh tana's been a great client i I love her like a sister and she's been you know we've done really well together and i'm very proud of her you know podcasts alcohol lingerie cannabis uh you know, um, movies, television, reality, hosting events. And what's her target audience? Who who's following her? Cause she's got like over 5 million, uh, people on Instagram. Over 30 million followers aggregately between TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And this is people in their late teens, early twenties. That's where, that's where we go back to the analytic because looking at Instagram, Instagram is one metric. Yeah. So you got to understand when you're talking to a buyer, you have to sell the Instagram metric, right? The TikTok metric and value system, how they pay there is a completely different business. Mm -hmm. I'm an expert in in breaking down every one of these, looking at budgets, looking at brands and creating these deals. The thing with her is that she might get one number for Instagram, one number for TikTok, one number for YouTube, or one number for all of them. So it's all a different play. The other thing that we haven't even gotten into is like OnlyFans changed everything. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about OnlyFans. Changed everything. What, what are your thoughts on OnlyFans? I mean, and do Only people Fans have to get naked? The youngest. Yeah. But not everybody's naked. That that's 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 the misconception. That's a complete misconception. Okay. There is a lot of people naked. There is a lot of crazy, weird stuff on there. So do people not, have to get into sexual stuff and naked stuff to do well on OnlyFans? Is my question. No. Absolutely not. Okay. And anyone today, you don't think it's oversaturated? Could anyone get involved? I mean, if you're hot and cool and interesting and you're doing something, 
why, why wouldn't you make money 24 hours a day in your sleep? Right. And don't you have you a know? company that helps with that as well? Is that what really unruly does? They take yeah, influences we have a joint or- venture with unruly where we do a lot of influencer, uh, only fans, branded management. We've been very successful that the, our partners that are really are incredible. Tara, mm-hmm. you know, Matt, Nikki, they're all great, really smart people. So anyone interested in getting involved in OnlyFans should come to DWE, have a conversation with David, and then he will set yes. you on the right path. Yes. We can teach you how to make it. You, when are you starting yours? Well, I've been asking you for a long time. If you think that I should, I need to, I need I to mean, get on board on with you. Gonna, it depends on what you're going to do. Um, Listen, I'm not above wanting to make some money. So, yeah. you know, but I'm not about to like, you know, we'll, get we'll, super we'll sexual. Off, off, yeah. off topic. Yeah. But I've interviewed a lot of girls that have had some really crazy stories. I, I had one, uh, one woman come on who was a pastor, decided she wanted to become a lesbian and then now makes seven mm-hmm. figures on OnlyFans. I've had someone from yeah. the Netflix documentary Money Shot, the Pornhub story, and she's a, a serious porn star who does very well on OnlyFans and she broke down why people should be on OnlyFans. I had Shanna Mokler on, Shanna Mokler talking about um, her OnlyFans. Yeah, your client who... You got on for me, but she talked about OnlyFans and how she thinks the most important thing is you really have to have a following because otherwise, you know, it can be really hard for people to get started. So, which actually, yeah, I mean, yeah, go ahead. You know, it's, it, OnlyFans, it's kind of like doing YouTube. You have to have an original point of view. You have to be doing content that people want to see. You do yeah. have to have somewhat of a following. Um, I mean, if you're going to get into like the, the, ec- the X, ex- kind of stuff. And I'm not talking about sex. I'm talking about just nakedness and really sexy photos. If you've already done it, you've been in Playboy, like it's not going to really translate like that. Shayna was difficult. We set Shayna up with a lot of different opportunities within that space. And there's a fine line that she walks Mm -hmm. um, without she wants to do it. She's done okay. But I'm, but you know, it's a, it's a different business, you know? Shayna is a great like reality star. Shayna is if we can get Shayna another gigantic TV show, she's going to go all the way because her point of view is wild. Yeah. And she has such an incredible, interesting story. She's not yes. just one person. She's had so many different lives with so many different people. And in her own right, she's done so many things. So she's a really interesting person or character for a show. Hair thinning impacts all of us. In fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning. It's not only common, it's normal. Join the thousands of people who are standing up for their strands by doing something about it with Nutrafol. Have you noticed that your hair isn't looking as healthy as it used to? I am. Maybe you're starting to see more of your scalp or you're self-conscious about thinning patches. It can be frustrating, but with Nutrafol, you don't have to just accept it. You can do something about it. Let me tell you something. I am someone who has sort of been known for my hair my entire life. But if you didn't know this by now, I have been wearing extensions for over 10 years. I'm so excited to try Nutrafol because I feel confident that I'm giving myself a chance to start growing my hair and be help and be doing something inside out for the healthiness of my hair. And the goal is to eventually not have to wear extensions. So I'm really excited to see what this does for me. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended growth supplement clinically shown to improve hair growth 
visible thickness, and strength. Nutrafol's physician-formulated hair growth supplements uses science-backed ingredients. Their drug-free, patented technology provides consistent, reliable results. Thinning hair is different for men and women. Nutrafol has multiple unique formulas to provide exactly what their body and hair needs to grow based on your biology, age, and other lifestyle factors. Go to Nutrafol.com to take their hair health wellness quiz, identify causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health throughout the whole body. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health. And it works. In clinical studies, they're saying 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrafol's men hair growth supplement for six months. And 86% of women saw an improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. Take the first steps to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code UNDERSTOOD. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com. Promo code understood. That's Nutrafol.com. Promo code understood. Um, okay. And I wanted to get back to one other question. If somebody that wants to work with you has, doesn't have, I think a lot of people will be intimidated by the fact that they have they don't have a big presence on TikTok, Instagram. They don't have all these followers. Can you help them create a, a brand without having that already to bring to the table? Well, the Hollywood handbook is designed to help people that really don't have anything yet. Okay. That's one part of it to build that. And then I might be able to really help them, but we have to start with understanding the basics of the business Mm -hmm. and the basics of honing in on your talent and developing your social media, developing your numbers, developing a little bit of PR, because you can't just come from out of nowhere today Mm -hmm. and become a star. You have to have a little bit of the analytic that we're talking about, which is the numbers Mm -hmm. that provides a value system for what I can do with the brands and the money and the representation and walking you to the next level. So there is a lot of that that has to be done. It doesn't happen overnight. But if you start today, you put in the hours, you do the content, you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, Rachel, you understand like 10 years ago when you and I started working together, Mm -hmm. we were a complete expert in that field. So in the 10 years since that, we're complete experts in the evolution of this game. I've evolved every year with yeah. what the business is. Right. The and game like, has changed so much. Yeah. And, and you've and, been there and, every step. And that's what I was saying in my intro about you before is that you are the guy behind the guy and always have been. And not only that, mm-hmm. like you started way back and I'll let you, you know, tell more about the details, but you were working at UTA or William Morris, you were working in all these places and then became the reality star that of like, people were like you were signing. So, which must've been a whole other set of drama. What was that like um, being someone behind the scenes and then all of a sudden being someone in front of the camera? You know, I think as a executive in Hollywood, you have one set of understanding of the game, which is like put on your suit and tie, 
get in your 911 turbo, go to the premieres, go to the meetings, sign the clients, make the deals. And then there's the reality of like what that life is. And like everybody watched Entourage and everybody watched, you know, the simple life. And like we were really living those lives behind the scenes organically. And there just became a time where it was like, hey, let's show this world what we're doing. And Sons of Hollywood, you know, was a show I created, executive produced and starred in 20 episodes for a and You can buy the DVD, it streams. And, you know, it, it was a great show. Me, Randy Spelling, my best friend, my other best friend, Sean Stewart. And it was, you know, the real, sh- like, inside of the reality of, like, kids trying to make it in Hollywood that had a lot of notoriety, a lot of money, a lot of power. And, that was a real documentary. It took seven months to shoot. Uh, my partner who, who directed and did all the physical production was JT Taylor, who uh, did the Osbournes, creator, executive producer of the Osbournes. And, you know, Scott Disick met Courtney you know, during the show. And then we wound up representing Scott and making, you know, so like a lot of things happened as a result of that show. It opened up so many doors and it gave me the creds that I want. I wanted to be an executive producer. I wanted to be a creator. Aaron Spelling was my godfather. So like, I wanted to be a creator mm-hmm. of a TV show. I wanted to learn that because that's where the money was. That's where the game was. Mm-hmm. And once you start to get those credits, that's when you can then branch out. I had to be in the shows. You know, the network saw me. Oh, the network always saw me for both. Um, I mean, even for Celebrity Rehab, weirdly, even though I wasn't in that much of it, um, they always saw me as a narrator. Like, I know how to tell your story. I know how to get you from A to B. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of the glue that binds everybody. So, like, even Hollywood Hillbillies, where we took a YouTube influencer and his family and did a reverse simple life for 80 episodes for reels, you know, the, I, I told the story of signing this kid, getting him a record deal, putting him with rappers and having this crazy redneck family follow us everywhere we go. And it was utter comedy. I never even thought, I, I mean, at that time I had so many different shows that I was involved in. I, when that became a hit, I was just blessed, you know, because sometimes you can't, you can't think too much about it. Like I thought that sons of Hollywood, we were going to do, for 20 years. Yeah. But we only did 20 episodes and it came and went and it like, yes, we had the billboards. Yes. We were in Times Square. Yes. We had the big premiere. Yes. Everybody knew about it. We were in the magazines. People love the show, but it didn't ultimately go to the business that I expected it to. Hmm. But then the next year celebrity rehab went number one Hmm. and we made millions of dollars and we did our thing. And you know, so that you have, you don't know what's going to go. That's why you have to have your hands in as many pots as possible. Products, TV shows, content, branding, marketing, PR. I, that's why we do a little bit of everything. And that's why the Hollywood handbook is important to show that you have to be thinking 10 steps ahead of what you're shooting right now on your phone. Shoot this, market it, get it put out, get your analytic up, get a brand deal, go famous, make it, get a TV show, and then retire. Like you have to be thinking one year, two year, five year, 10 year. If you're not thinking like that, you're not in the game. Right. And I think there's such a difference though. There are people that really just want to be famous and haven't picked what they want to be famous about. And then there's people that really organically are living something. They're going to be the ones that 
do the best. And it could be, again, like I brought up somebody that's doing nails and, and has this great story and this great family and this great personality and whatever it is, but they have to organically be living the truth of what this story is. Because if somebody just wants to be famous and keeps deviating on what they think is going to make them famous, I think that person is going to fall by the wayside. They have to be true to who they are and be living it. And that's what you did. You were living it. You were you were, you grew up with these people. You knew these people organically. It's not like you were chasing them. And so that must've been really difficult for the people you worked with at UTA at the time. Was it UTA that you left to then go become your own star? I mean, were they pissed? Were your bosses like, what the fuck? Oh, they were furious because what I did was, um, I was a motion picture talent agent. So basically my job was to look for movies and scripts and make deals for UTA's movie stars, which included like Harrison Ford and Johnny Depp and Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn, Ben Stiller, and, you know, all these big A-list people and, you know, Jeff Bridges and, you know, you're, you, you like, that's your job. Mm-hmm. But like, I wound up all the kids that I grew up with, the Jenners and the Stewarts and the Spellings and the Kardashians and Paris and Nicole and the kids from Laguna Beach and the Hills and the Housewives and all these people that were like evolving. I knew everybody. Mm-hmm. So I wound up signing a lot of those people. Paris Hilton was my first client. You know, I was I was p- picking people out and then we were doing deals for them because the celeb you spawn business, the, the kids of celebrities and business moguls, they became of value. And I was the guy in the suit and tie in the office every day making the deals. So everybody knew to come to me to go get put on. And that's what I did. So UTA never believed in my ideas or believed that that maybe having an agent with a TV show could be a great marketing vehicle. Mm -hmm. I had to walk a very thin line because the agency was the star not the agent. Right. But the agent became the star. Right. And I, and I, you know, when I, when I left, I took all my clients, I took all my bookings. I had, you know, I, I got sick of also the way that they tried to pay you. You know what I mean? You get paid X for your salary and then you're negotiating at the end of the year for your bonus. And every year they'd fuck you on your bonus. So oh. why would I stick around when I can make a hundred percent of the money with no control and do it the way you want to do it. Like, I don't live for you. I don't live for the five people that own the agency. Yeah. They, they never believed. They were pissed. I mean, they were furious. So, and was that they the were, last time you worked for someone? You've always worked for yourself since then? Uh, well, I mean, I've, I mean, I've worked for the networks because as a producer, you're working for them. But yeah, I don't really work for anyone. I work for my clients. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Um, where do you see reality TV going now? What What's something you would predict going forward? Um, reality TV is always going to be here because it's a medium, just like a documentary. It's non-scripted television. So it's just an evolution of the same stuff that will be reinvented. I think that a lot of the older trends will start to come back as well. Big group celebrity shows, dating shows, uh, great family businesses, B celebrities trying to be A celebrities, unique dating shows. Um, there's a lot of, uh, of re-evolution. And you now have so many different mediums that you can sell to because there's so many streamers, there's so many independent distribution, you know, there's so many brands that will pay for shows. So you have a lot of ways to watch your content now. Um, 
I do think that, you know, there is a shift in like what the value system is of like, who's a star, who's not a star. And again, that goes back to like what the analytics are, because the networks want to see your analytic and, you know, not all press is good press. So in the Hollywood handbook, we teach you about the PR world and how to be your own publicist and how to get attention and how to, you know, market what you're doing to become, you know, water cooler conversation. And they make it in TMZ and page six and places like that. So that the networks and the buyers, when they look at it, they go, oh, well, they're being talked about here. So maybe we should give them some money to do something there. So there is a lot of this understanding that you have to have that it cannot happen overnight. And you have to have the right looks, the right press and the right team behind you. And nothing happens by itself, you know? Even the influ, even Tana, Tana happened by herself in the beginning, but then the team makes the deals and makes the money and brings it and makes it all work. So right. there are a lot of steps that you have to follow. Right. What is your favorite show on TV right now? Um, you know, I, I mean, I was like really in the succession, you know, succession was everything. Yeah. That was a good show. I mean, just the writing, the acting, the brilliance, the storyline to see this family. It just reminded me of so many people that I've grown up and been around and the businesses that we've worked in and to see like this crazy, you know, wild lives that these people lead and the cutthroat of the business because the game has changed. It's a dangerous world. You Mm. have to be, you know, you have to be protect yourself. You have to protect your assets, protect your IP, protect your businesses. And succession was everything that you like ever could think the world is and believe that it is. And it's all the sheet is pulled from you. So it was, it was wild. Yeah. Um, I, I loved that show too. What about in reality TV? Is there a show that you love or is it a show that has been canceled that you think should come back like a celebrity rehab or, you know, something? Oh, from the past I mean, that you people, think we'll ask us every day, I get emails about celebrity. We have one and redo it. We've, we, we've thought about redoing it. We've thought about bringing it back. I think that, you know, over the 150 episodes of that show, we did a lot. We, I would, I would love to see it come back, but I, I, I think that, um, I love the big groups of, a mix of reality and famous people all doing unique stuff together. Like this, you know, stars on Mars thing that's on, like everybody's trying to reinvent those kind of shows. I I love those. And those are great. And those are really good for my company because I have so many mixes of talent that we can put lots of those people in those Like the one on Fox that um, they did with uh, Dr. Drew and Anthony Scaramucci, where they went to Jordan. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, Where they had to be like Navy SEALs, that kind of thing, or like a celebrity big brother. Yeah. Yeah, Like those are so cool. I don't know why that didn't do well. (laughs) I I mean, well, they, it did, it came back, you know, did it? Okay, good. Um, you know, and then the celebrity big brothers and all the, you know, the, those are the things I think people like to watch. They love to see a weird mix of people all together, mm. like telling their stories and listen, there's a ton and of interacting with the most random There's a people. ton of only fans and YouTube and Instagram stars that are ready for linear television. And, and if we can get them the linear, that's the dream. All of them come to DWE because they know that we can take this small look on the phone and take it to linear, but linear television doesn't always pay more than what you can make right here. Yeah. 
this might make more money than linear. And that's the thing that you've got to understand. That's where the game has changed because sure it is prestigious to be on, on, you know, Fox and NBC and ABC, but if they're paying more on Facebook watch or, you know, Zeus, you may want to watch it there yeah. because it does come down to money. And you know that Yeah, you, turned, you, you said, you said, let's go do the cable show over the network show for the money. Yeah. You know, so you got to make those decisions. Right. So, uh, all right. Where can people find you? Where can people sign up for this? Hollywoodhandbook.com is where you can go and get the course. Okay. Uh, at DWE talent is my business Instagram. Sir David Weintraub is my personal Instagram at DWE talent on Twitter. Um, we're looking for talent. We're looking for, for people to become clients. We, you know, we want to help people. We want to teach people. And, you know, this is a year for growth. So everything that I've learned, everything that I've been through, I want to take all of my hard work and my knowledge and teach it to you. Follow the Hollywood handbook. And everybody has a chance. I mean, that's like the the lesson that anybody can become can become somebody. So yeah. I think you're really good at helping with that. David, thank you so much for joining me on Misunderstood. I really thank appreciate you. it. Thank you so much for listening to Misunderstood. I'm your host, Rachel Yucatel. Please be sure to subscribe to the show and give us a five-star rating and review. You can support the show by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash misunderstood with Rachel Yucatel. Do you have ideas for the show or want to reach out? Email us at info misunderstoodpodcast at gmail.com. That's spelled M-I-S-S understood. Thank you so much and I'll see you next time. Misunderstood.